Good evening, Aspen Villa fans. Welcome to the Villa Forever for podcast. I am your host, Williams. This evening, I'm joined by a special guest, Hannah Gowan. He's a co-host on the, on the Villa podcast. I'll be doing the pre-match Yorkshire, Newcastle versus Villa. It's the first game of the season, and I'm very excited for this one. It's going to be a very tight, tight cost. We've both teams going for it. It's a Saturday at 5.30. I just can't wait for the season to start now. First of all, how, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Chad. Thanks for having me on. And yes, I'm equally very excited for the season to start. Well, Hannah, you are your first female guest. It's an honour. Thank you very much. No, no problem. It's a privilege to have you here. <laughs> I, I, I really like your perspective on, on football. It's really refreshing. And also, I love your passion. passion. About our football club, our Spasta Villa. It's, it's really, not, really nice to hear. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks very much, Chad. Well, Hannah, before we get into the podcast, I'd just like to explain about my condition as an introduction. I have a condition called uh, Dynamuscular Dystrophy. It is a progressive. <laughs> Fight on the waste in disease. Muscles deteriorate, leading to paralysis, heart and lung failure, and early death. Duchenne is 100% fatal, and there is no cure. Very few people live beyond the age of 30. Very important that we need to create awareness of DNA today. I was diagnosed when I was three years old. 24 years on, and there is no cure for these diseases. Please help spread awareness. So, Hunter, if you could, you spread awareness, Mister. Definitely, Chad. Yeah, it's a great, um, great thing that you're doing. Great to raise awareness, and I think it's, you know, brilliant to have different types of voices speaking on on Aston Villa. It's you, you know, all types of different perspectives, people from different walks of life, different challenges. So I think you're doing an excellent thing by making sure that you're representing the DMD community, and we're all here to support yeah. you. But also, I'm using the podcast as a distraction from visibility and, and condition. It's here to do pod- podcasting, giving me a new, new lease of life. And also, I live life to the full as much as I can. But a very positive outlook of life. And I'm using this podcast as a platform. 
and also I've come with my love of Alabama as well to get together. So Helen, before we get into the uh, Newcastle versus Villa chats, are you pleased with the conference draw? I am. I think obviously this first game against the well, either Hibs or the team that I'm not going to try and pronounce because I'll yeah. butcher it. Um, I think it's it's an exciting start to the journey. We've got to win it first, obviously, yeah. before we get too excited. But I think it's a great chance very early on in the season to set us up to a very exciting campaign. The first time in obviously over a decade since we've been in Europe. I was a child at that point, so you know, the first time was for me as an adult having to being able to see Villa in Europe. So I think it should be an excellent contest, and hopefully, obviously, we get through the into the group stages and then all full steam ahead. Well, so we have hit Bona. It could be a John John McGinn. It could, and I'm a big John McGinn fan, so that would that would be quite a fun one. I think I think he'd enjoy that himself. Well, I think, I think well, it's not going to be easy, but should get through, really. I think we should. But... Well, that's the thing. I don't think any game when you're in a knockout tournament is easy because you've got the added pressure. You know, these players are going to be playing at a level that they haven't ever done before at Aston Villa. So it yeah. comes with its own challenges. But I think it's it should be a game that we can win hopefully, on paper. So, we'll see how we get on, but I'm feeling quite confident. Well, well Uno, I mean, he thrives on you in football. He's a specialist. He is indeed. He's a cup specialist. He's a European specialist. So, realistically, we couldn't have a better manager in charge to, to go into these games. I think the players will be feeling confident as well that they've got such a, a talented manager leading the way. Yeah, how much do you think of my, of my background? It's very nice. It's obviously it's iconic, isn't it? And my favourite player, John McGinn, hung up in the background as well. Well, my, my, my granddad and dad credits to them. Put it up for me today. Excellent work. Done a good job. Cheers. But so we'll, we'll get into Castle versus Villa now. So what do you expect from Newcastle? I think it's going to be a very tough game. It's a a big one to start the season off with. Fiercely contested rivals. It feels like in recent years we've had a lot of back and forth with Newcastle fans. And obviously, just as Villa have improved in the last sort of nine months or so, Newcastle have been on a really great trajectory for the last 18 months. So we're sort of on the same path. And they're maybe a yep. little bit further along. They're, you know, in the Champions League this season. So they're in great, great form. Um, good manager, great squad. So it's going to be a really difficult game. But I think we are going into the season very well prepared. We've had a great pre-season, some excellent results. We've got some yeah. new additions to the team as well, which are hopefully going to help us improve. So we are in a, in a good spot going into this game but it definitely will be a challenge I don't think Newcastle will be underestimated by any means and I expect it to be a very um, attacking game I think both sides will really be going at it and we could potentially see another high scoring game like we did in pre-season over in the US. 
Well, I think the map would be exciting. Then the wind. I thought you just can. I think it'd be very similar to the pre-season map. In that free-free draw, obviously. Also, I think our, our pace, especially in Watkins and Zendabi, on the counter-attack, is dangerous. It could cause neutral some problems, I think. Yes, I think you're right. I think we now have a team that's quite unique in the fact that we have strength in so many areas and unlike before when we kind of felt we were relying on one one or two players, we've now really built this team out to be quite adaptable. So whatever the challenge is, I do feel like Unai Emery has a plan in place with this team to be able to address that. Now with Newcastle, we know that they're very organised. Um, they've got themselves some great pace, but there are weaknesses there that we are obviously able to exploit. We beat them 3-0 in the in the league towards the back end of last season, which was a shock result at the time because Newcastle weren't losing games. So yeah. we've actually performed pretty well against them uh, of, of late, despite the fact that they are in such good form. But like you mentioned, the, the pace that we've got, We've got some brilliant attacking um, threats now, haven't we? Yeah. No doubt we'll see Watkins start, hopefully Diaby as well. And then we've also got Tielemans, who himself, he, you know, he's a threat on the counter-attack. He uh, likes to pick out um, a through ball. He's really good at long-range shooting himself. So we've got a lot in the locker, I think, that could really cause them some problems. Well, I think it's Tielemans. I mean, we got him on a free transfer. He's an absolute class footballer. He's got it all, got it all in his He does. He's an excellent signing, I think, um, to get him on a free in this football climate where players like him don't come around very often and, and normally go for big money. I think it's another bit of excellent business to be able to, to tie him down into a pretty long-term deal for, for nothing, really. So I'm very excited to see how we can improve this Villa side. Well, how far do you think uh, we are from Newcastle? I think it's hard to, to guess before the season starts because we just, we don't know how we're going to perform in the first few months of the season. I think they had a little bit of a head start on us. So when Eddie Howe came in 18 months ago, immediately we saw the impact he had at Newcastle. Meanwhile, we were sort of in our Stephen Gerrard era and were struggling for a period of time. Now, with Unai Emery, I do think we are equally um, as good of a prospect. I think we are, yeah. with Newcastle, a challenger of the typical big six. I think we've got a very good squad. I think maybe controversial, Newcastle fans won't like it, but I think we've got a better coach um, and we've got a great infrastructure around the club, so much investment, great ownership. So we are very similar in a lot of ways. And I think ultimately it will depend this season on how much playing in the Champions League impacts Newcastle is it going to be too much for them are they going to cope how are we going to cope with playing in Europe uh, is our recruitment going to have been better I think it will all come out in the wash and I think by 
the first time we'll have a good idea of how the two different sides are, are, clo are faring playing in Europe. We are very similar to Newcastle, especially with both teams playing in Europe now, which both teams would we need to get used to. I mean, I mean, going back to that freedom victory you just said, just said, we can definitely show those we can definitely compete at that side level. And also, also set up standards to be consistent European team as well. Definitely, yeah. I think we have shown against many of the sort of top performing teams in the league now that we are just as good at, or better than some of them that how many times last season did we play a play a traditional big six team and do really well we picked up points or we were at least completely in the game even looking back to times where we've played man city recently liverpool um we've we've, we've fared quite well so i think we can feel quite confident as villa fans now that we'll compete with any side in this league so, I'll go to my next question now, Hannah. It started in London. We against Newcastle. What do you think should be our guide plan as well? Well, well it's the first uh, first game of the season, so who knows who's going to start. We've had some very disappointing news today, haven't we, about Emmy Wendia? It looks like he may miss oh, the show, whole... Baby. The whole season pretty much absolutely gutted about that. I think it's a massive blow. I probably would have had him to start on Saturday. But unfortunately, this this is the game and, and we've just got to adapt and we've got to go with it. So as a result, I think we will probably start with 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2. I think Newcastle play a 4-3-3, so we may try and match them. Um I'd like to see Mings and Torres partnership, perhaps. Well, that'd be good. Um, would be good. I think we are quite blessed in the defensive department now, so we've got quite a few combinations we can try out. But I think um, Mings was just colossus last season, and I think giving Torres a chance as well, he looks like an exciting prospect, so I'd like to see them to start on Saturday. Um, obviously, we, we're pretty tight in terms of options for left back so I have no doubt it'll be Luca Dean with Matty Cash on the right and then um, in the midfield we'll probably have mm -hmm. Douglas Louise and Kamara in a bit of the double pivot for defensive midfield yeah. and then uh, John McGinn perhaps um, in that midfield three. Up front going to be Watkins isn't it our what top scorer for the last few se seasons. We're hoping he might make into the uh, 20s yeah. in terms of goals this season, fingers crossed. And then alongside him uh, in a front three, I'd hope to see Diaby. I think he's a very exciting um, signing this summer. Like you've mentioned, he's got the pace, he's got the assists, he's got the goals in the locker, so yeah. I'd like to see him start. And then obviously we've got that other position where perhaps I would normally put Buendia. Mm -hmm. Now I think it might be a toss-up between partnering him with Bailey or perhaps even playing Tielemans in a slightly more advanced role, um, sort of an attacking midfield um, type of position. So that's what I'd go with. But to be honest, whoever Unai Emery chooses to play, I fully support at this point. I just think he knows what he's doing. And it is, is that a genius? He is. 
Yeah, so what well, I think a bit it's a bit actually, yeah. We should play a four three four four match. I'll start Tyrant and then pass Tyrant. I think they could play a good partnership together. So I'll keep the three, the three midfield. And also I'll play like Philogy, you know. I'm impressed with him in pre-season. Maybe he might play well, you never know that. There's a chance, yeah. Good chance. He has had a good pre-season and I think Unai Emery seems to like him. Thank you for the which the next expert is. And also, with, with Unai Emery, we're very good, good at keeping possession. Playing out for back. It's something that we've got a lot better at with Unai Emery. And we, and we can use high press on the counter-attack as well. Definitely, I think we've seen a big trend in this Unai Emery team of, you know, trying to catch the opposition offside. And for the most part, it seems to be actually quite a successful technique. Now, we don't want to get caught out too much and people start to expect that of us and, you know, find us out a bit. Yeah. But clearly that's something that we're trying to implement. And like you say, playing out from the back, I think the reason we've signed a player like Torres is so that we can improve even more on playing out from the back. He's good with having the ball at his feet. Martinez has improved playing out from the back. So I think this season we'll definitely see us do that a lot more and to a higher quality as well. What's your, what's your thought, Eddie How? How? I think he's been a great castle. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You can't deny it. I think when he came in, um, he was actually sort of fighting fires. Newcastle weren't in a good place at all. They had had a really tough few years under Steve Bruce and Rafa. Um, and Eddie Howe was kind of coming in to steady the ship. And not only did he do that, but he's absolutely worked wonders. And considering a lot of the squad at the time, you know, were the same players that had been playing with yeah. Bruce, etc. You know, he, Eddie Howe had only made a handful of decisions, really, and he'd completely transformed the club. Obviously, then they've had the takeover. They've started to spend quite a lot of money on their squad. That all helps. Um, it's given Eddie Howe some excellent tools for his job. But you cannot deny the job that he has done. I think it's it's remarkable and should be applauded. And by no means do I, do I look down on him. And I think he's a great example of, of what English managers can do in the Premier League. Well, Uno Emery is very similar to Eddie Howe. But he's got the, I mean, last season, he's got the belt. The players that he's got. The must overachieved as well. Definitely. There, there are definitely similarities there in terms of the situations that they have come into and then been able to, you know, uh, achieve some brilliant results. So you're not wrong. There probably is quite, quite a lot of similarities in our situations over the last 18 months. Uh, how were you uh, sum up our pre-season over, overall? I think it's been a great success. Great success. There's not too many pre-seasons I can remember in recent years where we've had quite so much consistency and good results and good performances. So uh, I managed to catch 
a couple of bits of the US tour and I went to the game against Lazio at the best cup and was very impressed. I thought we held the ball very well. I mean, particularly Lazio, they are, you know, the second best team in their league, respectively. And they didn't have a sniff against us. I thought the way we controlled the game, even with what nearing 10 substitutions, we oh, looked yeah, very yeah. comfortable. There was no sort of rustiness. I thought the players looked fit. Um, and we've been scoring some great goals. You know, we've not struggled to score at all, which is which is excellent. And also been managing to keep the odd clean sheet as well, which is obviously a good sign. So I think it's been really successful and the players should be feeling really positive. Obviously, like we mentioned about Wendy's injury, that's it's a slight blur and it shows that, you know, even with a great pre-season, it takes the odd kind of freak incident and someone can get a, a bad injury. But all in all, I think we're going into the season really positive and then the preparation, I think, has been as good as it possibly could have been. You know, Henry as well, I'm really lucky to take to the detail. You know, it's the, it's the improvement of what he's, what he's got. It's to keep him improving. Yes, he is, we know, fiercely focused on detail. We know that he spends hours and hours at Bodymore Heath watching his videos, writing notes, doing tactical breakdowns. So the Matt, like you use the word genius, I would completely agree that he is the best manager I've ever seen at Aston Villa. He is immensely passionate and focused. And I mean, whatever the outcome is this weekend against Newcastle, we know that he'll learn from it and he will take lessons into the next game. He'll analyse it. He'll do deep dive sessions with the squad. That's why I feel very relaxed about a lot of things these days at Villa yep. because I know there's someone at the at the wheel that really knows what they're doing and everything that he does choose to do is really carefully considered and there's reason behind it. Whereas previously with other managers, without naming names, you kind of felt that everything was sort of a bit slapdash and there wasn't much reason behind what was happening on the pitch. But now I've got full confidence in everything that we're doing. I don't think he's less manager since Martin O'Neill. I was in the football with him, with him and Emery. Also, it's a little, little bit, bit better O'Neill probably there. And then we finished six in the run for three times. But yeah, it just shows you we've come a long way, way to him. Massively, yes, we have. So, which young player impressed you most in pre-season? Well, you've touched on him a little bit. I think it would probably be Jaden Philogene. Philogene, yeah, I'm not, sure, not sure which name he actually goes by these days, but I think actually it was a great testament to how far he's come that, that Emery has given him so many minutes in pre-season. He has had a couple of decent loan spells. I think he was at Cardiff last season and I caught him a couple of times when Cardiff were on TV. Um, yeah. And seem to be to be doing quite well there, and he's obviously come back this summer, really, uh, really applied himself, and has got into the manager's good book. So that's excellent for him. I thought he looked really good when I saw him against uh, Lazio the other week. Um, and I think what really sort of excites us is the fact that he 
at such a young age seems to have adapted quite well to being in the first team. He looks athletic, he looks pacey, he looks like he's got some good technical ability on the ball. And I think the most exciting players are always going to be those attacking players like Villagin. So um, hopefully we can see some minutes from him this season. It's, you know, it's rare that we get to see a really good academy prospect come through and, and succeed in the first team. We have Jack Grealish, then we've had Jacob Ramsey, but, it, you know, it's few and far between. So when we do finally get a player come through to play in the first team in the Premier League, it is exciting. So I just hope that that good form and that good favour with the manager can continue throughout this season. In Emery, it's his project as well. You feel a bit of Jane because he can even play us. He's got the best out of them as well. You're exactly right. He is a manager that gets the best out of his players. Again, going back to sort of September, October last year, Stephen Gerrard pretty much had the ex- exact same set of players that Unai Emery did and couldn't get the same out of them. He's clearly got the ability to spot a player's strengths and build on them but also see where they need improvement or see where they might be a bit vulnerable and help them work on that as well he's just got such a natural gift for developing players and I think the other part of it is I think he really earns the respect of the players I think the players really look up to him and see him as an excellent manager and ultimately if they really respect him and think he's brilliant they're going to want to play even better yeah. they're going to want to be on his side they're going to want to stay at the club which means they need to be at the best of their game so it's a win win it's a great place to be at the minute when we've got him at the at the wheel the Cameron Archer and Amari Kenner are not promising as well as well they do they do i mean cameron archer's sort of been bubbling on the surface for a couple of seasons he's had some excellent loan spells again at middlesbrough uh, and, and others in the championship so again really would like to see him succeed at aston villa it looks like again he may end up going out on either on a loan or a, or a sale with option to buy back again um but ultimately it shows that our academy is doing something right because we are developing some really good talent talents. Obviously, Kellyman is a lot younger, yeah. clearly has a, a long way to go. He's one for the future. But the fact, again, that Unai Emery has given him minutes and has trusted him in this pre-season shows that he, he does see some potential there. And if and if Unai Emery sees potential in you, you've got something about you, I think. So that's an exciting one for the future. We've got a very good um, academy as well. As well. We do, and we're clearly investing a lot of money into the academy. You know, we've got the uh, the new sort of pitch and academy centre being built next to Villa Park that is showing the club's ambition to really drive investment and uh, development of our youth team. And if we can get more and more of that to channel through into the first team, I think we'll be in an excellent position and other clubs will look at Villa as, you know, that's the place that we can buy a really good youngster. People want to send their their children to our academy. It's 
a really great place to be where we are attracting a lot of young talent, but also selling them for a good price because not all of them are going to end up at Villa. So a very yeah. small percentage will actually end up playing for Villa. So if we can develop them to the point that we can sell them for potentially millions, we're making ex exceptional profit and that really helps Villa in the long run in terms of the finances and also just the club's uh, reputation in English football. Are you pleased with Aston Villa's transfer window so far? Or do you think we need to add some more players? I think it has been a successful window so far, obviously. We got a lot of the business done quite early, so it's gone a little bit quieter recently in terms of incomings. Pau Torres, again, touched on him a bit earlier, but an excellent signing. Young, athletic, sort of not even at his prime yet, but has played at, at the top of his game, um, experience in Europe. He's got a lot about him, so that's an exciting one. We are we've said, looks like he could be a really good prospect the goals, assists, all of it. Tielemans, free, bargain. Absolutely loved him at Leicester. Can't believe we've got him at Villa for, for nothing. I think that's excellent business because so many other teams would have been after him as well. But I think we're at a position now, especially with Brendier's injury, that we are going to need at least one more sort of attacking midfielder. There's some rumours sort of floating around at the minute of various different players that could potentially be on their way, but We'll see what happens. We definitely need one of those. I think depending on other injuries, we probably could do with um, with another sort of winger as well. I think those two in the sort of attacking positions would be good. We're waiting for um, sort of what's going to happen with Moreno at left back. Yeah, yeah. But at right back, we're also quite light. We're kind of relying on the fact that Konza can dip into right back, Chambers can dip into right back. But I wouldn't be too surprised if we do also try and get um, a full back or two into the club. But I think in general, we've, we've done quite well. And like you say, because Unai Emery is constantly improving the talent that we've already got. I feel like even the squad that we have as it stands will improve throughout the season and should carry us through to hopefully another successful one. Well, suppose we haven't got a backup goalkeeper. But it looks like sort of think Emery's going to keep also. Hopefully, you might, you might, you never know. Yeah, Olsen's a controversial one, isn't he? He's, uh, yeah. He's a he's an international footballer. He's clearly he's clearly skilled, and I think we see flashes of you know how good he is at shot stopping. But it's the fact that we're not confident that he can play the way that we want uh, a goalkeeper to play at Aston Villa. We want them to be really good with the ball at the feet and play out from the back. I actually think that is Olsen's biggest weakness. I don't think Because it is a as well. well. He looks a sweeper-keeper role. That's what you want sort of, sort of from you, the Emery. Exactly. And I'm not convinced that Olsen is that type of keeper, but... Essentially, he's putting his trust in Olsen, so he must see something there. I don't. I actually don't know if a backup keeper is even on our list uh, for the transfer window. So I guess we'll see. But he's he's okay. Like he will do. But I'm pretty nervous whenever I see him play. And you just know that if Martinez were to pick up an injury, we've only got Olsen in terms of a senior squad member. 
which is slightly nerve-wracking and then you're looking at sort of the the youth keepers which doesn't leave us in a great spot so no. we'll have to see well i think we need a more quality striker maybe with joe felix oh, i don't really think with joe felix for a while We are, we have been, and we still are linked with Jao Felix. I think that's that's another area that is sort of hotly contested because everyone, you know, discusses that Watkins is one injury away from us being without a experienced striker. We bought John Duran in last season. He's clearly not quite at Premier League, you know, double digit goal scoring ability yet. But you know, Emery clearly saw something in him. And then beyond John Duran. You've got Carlo, and if he goes, then again we are quite light. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do bring in like a versatile forward, whether it's someone who is like an out nine or sort of a false nine or a bit of a uh, combination winger striker um, to fill in there. I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I, I think that was pretty high on the on the wish list alongside another attacking midfielder with Boindier's injury. So all together then. then. I think pre-season was really, really successful. Even though the results were not audience, it did reflect on performances. I thought every single game, it was very competitive. Also, like what we did in pre-season, he tweaked the formation, practicing before the important guy starts. Yeah, he clearly has an approach for every game, like we've said, with his tactical know-how. Um, he prepares for every game as like a unique set of circumstances. I don't feel like we ever go into a game with the same sort of process or lineup. It's It's constantly being tweaked, constantly being adjusted based on the opposition. And we even saw that in pre-season, despite the fact that obviously we were getting lots of minutes into legs. To, uh, from a fitness perspective, Unai Emery was clearly still trying to find out which players worked best in certain systems. Could we play with a back three for some games to suit the opposition? So it's like I say, I'm fully confident with the manager that every decision he makes has been carefully considered and decided based on some serious research and, and tactical know-how. So I think going into a full, this is going to be our first hopefully for all season yeah. with Unai Emery, we'll get to see the full picture of what he wants this side to look like. It's his squad now. It's his time to shine. He has all the resources and all the time in the world to, to implement what he wants to do. So I think that should get us all excited that we can achieve even more than we did with the the six, seven, eight months we had with him last season. So what is your thoughts about going back to Musa Diaby? What good attributes do you think you think he was at Unai Embry's reason? Well, I think I always get very excited for these. I remember a couple of seasons ago us signing Leon Bailey and being very excited yeah. and thinking he was going to be absolutely brilliant. And obviously we've seen flashes of it, but not the consistency. So what I would like to think is that the big thing we can get from Diaby is consistency in terms of um, 
contributing goals and assists. That's that's the big the biggest thing we need from him. So he's clearly got the ability. We've seen it, in, you know, two as two yeah. appearances in preseason, and he got two goals. So that's obviously a good sign of, of things to come. But I think the pace is another big thing. We have some decent pace in the Villa side, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily one of our strongest attributes. I think Watkins has got decent pace. Bailey obviously does, but doesn't always put it to great use. But elsewhere on the pitch, we're not a massively speedy side, I don't think. It's something that I think we've worked on a little bit under yeah, Unai Emery. Yeah. We do try and transition a lot quicker some of the time. But I think having a player like Diaby who can just break and create um, will be really valuable. And he can do it all by the looks of it. And I hope that he can do it all for Villa. And it's not just things that look good on YouTube compilations. We'll obviously see in a few months' time how he gets on. Well, this is the debate. I think it's a bit of the overexaggeration. Dry, dry I think he's one of the best wingers we have watched in a Villa shot since Pro Ash Young. Hopefully. I mean, look at Ashley Young now. He came back years yeah. later and is still seen as a Villa legend. So if Giabi can achieve even half of what Ashley Young did at Villa, then I would count him as a success. And hopefully that'll be the case for the money we've paid for him. Well, I've met him to Ashley Young at the Balfour. Look at you. He's it, it, a great bloke. Really nice guy. Yeah, really, he seems it. Really nice. I like his experience as well. Especially last season, he would have thought it. He was brilliant for us last season, wasn't he? I was actually oh, very yeah. upset to see him go, but that's that's the way the game goes, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah that's the way of football. Goes to Holland, but next thing I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. One of my viewers asked me in my last podcast, what is pre season thought? What comes to my way did what Jim covered that that what do you think pre season season's for? I think pre season serves many purposes and it depends on who you're asking. So if you're asking a manager it's for fitness, get minutes in the lane. To test out different systems, different styles of play. It's to get a taste of what opposition you may be coming up against, whether it's domestically or, you know, in European competitions. And sometimes it's simply just to for a manager to suss out what he wants his starting eleven because obviously the more you're buying players and, and trying out new systems, you're gonna to need to find out what your best eleven is. And hopefully we're gonna have a best sort of twenty two. We we're not just a team of eleven players now. So for in Emery it would have been trying all those things out. I mean, if you ask a fan, pre-season's all about getting excited for the season, getting a taste of what Villa might look like. Yeah. What are the new signings like? You know, it's really important to get them embedded in as well, which I think is a big reason why we get our business done early, so that the new signings can come in, embed in and sort of not just find their feet from a footballing perspective, but also sort of get used to the dressing room and the culture of the club and what a match day is going to feel like because that's important as well that they settle into the routine yeah. and, and the vibe at the club because ultimately the more settled they are the better performances we'll get from them so pre-season's 
it very important. Obviously, you have some downsides, you know, you pick up the odd injury, but that can happen at any time. So um, it, it is what it is, but ultimately, it means you're going into the season fit, ready, raring to go, and with a good idea of what Villa are going to look like in the in the league. Well, I'm going to go through some more of comments now. We'll get more details involved in a bit. Here's a message from Mum. What do you what do you think of the away shirts? Well, I love the away shirts. Do you know what it's actually actually the 1982 European Cup Cup team? So yeah, I, I absolutely absolutely love the away shirt. I think it's better than the home shirt. Okay, if you can go up to the next one then, one then. If you click off, click off. Yeah. Picture. Yeah, I mean, the same thing. You know, it's not, 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 he wants to grow, grow the squad to cover these, these events. Yeah, I think that's, that's very important. Also, uh, this from Uncle John again. Yeah, yes, agree, Eddie. Good. I think you know I turned Newcastle job on before. Four. And I prefer Uno. Eddie had under extreme pressure. From the owners, or do you think that Hannah? The, and, and the owners feel Castle pretty good, pretty good pressure. I don't know. I think it's a funny one that 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 <laughs> the yeah. owners will obviously have come in expecting quite a lot because they're putting a lot of money into the club, and they are only going to want to be running a successful football club they've come into English football to have success make money and build a footballing empire they wouldn't accept anything less so I think how will be under pressure but what manager isn't in the Premier League look at how easy it is to get sacked so I wouldn't say it's unexpected pressure or unfair pressure I think every manager goes through it where they are sort of feeling the heat a little bit from their owners or or their directors of football or whoever's sitting above them. It's just unfortunately the way of the game. Does that mean that because of the pressure of the Premier League, that's what comes in? The Premier League is a difficult place to be. It's not easy for anyone. Um, I don't think there's an easy game in the Premier League, let alone... Um, an easy job so I think, I think it just comes with its own challenges but ultimately it's the place where everyone wants to be everyone wants to be a Premier League player a Premier League club a Premier League owner a Premier League fan so it comes with its pre- benefits and its negatives so if you go to the comments comments as well as well go down again again yeah click that the more comments are said with the injury you got today, it really shows the importance of a squad. So if you go down a bit more on, on the other thing, I'll see, I'll see that's all because I think, yeah. 
If you click on the next, the next bit, look, if you click a look again. Yeah, more Kogan, so I'm not sure if Felix wants to come to another part. Yeah, to, to be honest, that's very unlikely. It'd be great if we get a no deal for him, but I can't, I can't, I can't see it happen for him, to be honest. So, look at some more goods. Uncle John put John put Egan for Villa. Yeah, yeah, up there. Yeah, same as you, mate. I'm really looking forward to a new CC. I just can't wait to be at the end of the party now. Okay, can I drink water down before we carry on? Yeah, So how would you be if it's uh, possible? If it's just coming season for the men, men's or women's Aston Villa team, realistically, realistically, that's a good word to add at the end because I could be unrealistic. Um, yeah. I think we've got a very exciting season to come. I think from the men's team, we're hopefully going to improve on last season so a full year with Unai Emery will hopefully mean that we have that consistency that we didn't have at the start of last season that obviously impacted us quite heavily I think we'll be looking to improve on league position so whether that's sixth or fifth I'd be happy with either I'm thinking sixth would be the goal and would be an improvement also would hopefully mean Europa League qualification which is good because we don't know how far we're going to get in the conference league however saying that I do think we'll go very far in that competition I think like we've got Unai Emery is a specialist at uh, European games at playoff games one-off games all that kind of excitement that comes with tournament football so I do see us going far in that competition and I, in my brain if West Ham could win it in their awful season why can't Villa go on and do it so I think, I think, really I think Villa we're the favourites to win that well at least one of the favourites I think, think sure it is yeah I think we may be the favourites just because I mean especially the case study of, of West Ham winning it we are yeah. in such a good position um, so I would expect us to do well in that competition I'm not sure about the domestic cups so the FI or the or the league cup we'll have to see but I do hope that Emery again puts puts out a strong side for those competitions because I'm sick of seeing the kids play and us get beaten um in the early stages so all around I think it's going to be really positive and I think it's a similar story for the women's side we saw yeah, massive yeah. massive improvement last last year we made some excellent signings last summer which clearly bedded in really well the likes of Rachel Daly obviously mm-hmm. going on to win the the player of the season she did an excellent job so I think Carla Ward has really done well to start to challenge the traditional sort of top three or four teams in the WSL it wasn't too long ago that we got promoted and then just about stayed up so We've come a long way and there is such a big gap between the likes of Arsenal, City, Chelsea in the WSL. 
that the fact that we even sort of started to challenge and compete with them is really impressive. And I think this season we can hold on to some of those good players. You know, a couple of them have already re-signed deals. Why not? Why not improve? Why not actually start to try and penetrate into that top four? I think, you know, the sky's the limit at Villa now because of the investment and the backing of the club culture, the atmosphere, the support from fans. Everything is sort of going in the right direction so that things on the field, on the pitch, will also improve at the same time. So I think for both sides, it's going to be a really exciting season and I'm very much looking forward to supporting both of them. We got awards. She has done an amazing job. Because she, she built a team which is always competitive and hungry to win. Exactly. I mean, there's, there was a few massive results we had last season. We beat Man City in a, a like a ridiculous scoreline. You know, it's not easy to succeed in the Women's Super League because the top four teams poach the best players and have the best coaches. And it leaves the other teams sort of with a massive gap between them. So for Carla Wall to come in and recruit well, keep our players happy. There seems to be a great mood around the women's uh, dressing room. She's clearly unlocked sort of the next stage of the Villa women's development. And I do think it will continue. I think they've sort of solidified themselves as a mainstay in the WSL now. And they've just got to keep trying to recruit the best talent, try and get more support, whether it's, you know, at Warsaw Stadium or at Villa Park, really try and get the fans behind to support as well. And the sky's the limit, like I say. Well, it, well to the next question after that. If you want to, want to fill the European position next season, is it the report that we start off the season? Well, well. Definitely. The way I think of it is, from the point that Unai Emery came in in October time last year, to the end of the season, if you just went off Unai Emery's time, we were what in the top four. I can say that for sure. Yeah. So imagine you extended that to the full season. Look at where we could have potentially finished. Just imagine. And that exactly. And the reason we ended up sort of in eleventh place for months on end was because we had a poor start to the season. We lost yeah. on the first day. We were having some shocking performances. We were, you know, unable to score at, at Leeds and Nottingham away, like just some real dire times. And that had such a knock-on effect that even when Unai Emery came in and did an amazing job, we could never quite catch up to the likes of Newcastle um, and those that were above us at the end of the season, even Brighton, you know. We, at the end of the season were doing better than Brighton, but we couldn't quite bridge that gap, final gap purely because of how bad we'd started the season. So I think yeah. this year we'll be really, really focused on starting well. If I look back to the COVID season with Dean Smith, we won the first four games of that season and it really, really stood us well for the rest of the season because even after the new year, when our performances slipped, we managed to maintain mid-table because we'd started the season really well. 
So you cannot underestimate these first couple of months are so important. You're going to have a lot of games. We're going to have European games, qualifiers. We're going to have this, you know, the first chunk of Premier League games. There'll be international breaks, which means loads of players are going to be off going elsewhere. So it's going to be really busy, but the focus has got to be on winning as many games as we possibly can and keeping that home form good will be key to that because Villa Park needs to be a fortress and we need to make sure that we're winning as many of our home games as we possibly can. But every point's vital. So usually, usually how you start the season affects how you finish the season. Definitely, definitely. Like I said, it's massive in terms of setting the mood for the players as well because they'll be on a high at the minute having finished the season really well good pre-season good signings European qualifiers if we then go into the start of the season and start dropping a load of points it will knock us back again and we can't afford that we need to be on the front foot if we start if we start the season well these players are going to feel so good and so confident and that confidence is super important really plays into how well we're going to perform. I don't think about the season like last season. That 2 0 against Bournemouth. Feels feels hard place then. That 2 0 game at, at the start of last season was awful. Awful. Um I think we cannot afford to have anything like that again. And I'll blame Steven Gerrard for that because I think, you know, yeah. he started with, I think we had Watkins on the bench. I think we had yes, that's right, on yeah. the bench, Louise on the bench. Bonkers. I am pretty confident that nothing like that will happen again. So, Hannah, what, what's your prediction on Saturday? Well, the sun's come out, as you can see. Um, so, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's a, that's a positive sign. I think for the start of the season, I've got to go really positive and say that we're going to win 2-1. I think it will be, like we said at the start, a really fierce contest, but feeling confident, I think we have got enough in our locker to, to win this game. So I think 2-1, I'm going to go with the Ollie Watkins goal and a Moussa Diaby goal to start the season off. Yeah, I like your positive. positive. I'm going to go a, a one-draw. If we at least get a point by, that would be a good to, to see the season. But if you got a scoreline, you just even better. Would be happy with a draw. Would be happy as long as we don't lose. I'd be happy yeah. with that. Well, there well. I'll look at some more sub- subscribers. Could you spread the word the word my podcast? Of course, I will. Okay, hello, hello. I'm going to bring this episode to a close. Thank you, everyone, for watching. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a like. And if you're new to this channel, subscribe. You'll post notifications. Turn Also, please let me know your thoughts in the comment section. Also, thank, thank you so much, Anna, for your time. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Enjoyed it. The last thing I'll say, Hannah, is up the villa.
up the villa.